0: are listening to the Independent Dealer Podcast, Texas Edition, with hosts Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson, a podcast by dealers for dealers. We love to
1: get uh, talking about Texas things, and uh, we're coming up on convention, and we've got uh, a new director to talk to here, Jeff, and all kind of stuff that's gone on since the last time uh, we had a podcast for, for Texas Style. And so, Jeff, what we got going on? Well, John... First off, give us an introduction to,
2: I mean, there's probably very few people in the Association of Texas that don't know you, but maybe some that are listening from outside the Texas Association. Give us a quick background. Where where did you come into the scene? What's your background with uh, used car dealers or the associations? Uh, Tell us where you're from, what you do. Okay. Well,
0: basically, the the history of me goes uh, goes back quite a ways as far as the car industry, my uh, grandfather and his brother had a car dealership, and uh, believe it or not, they sold Plymouths and DeSoto's. You ever heard of those? (laughs) DeSoto's. (laughs) It was a while (laughs) ago. Exactly, yeah. uh, I was actually looking them up today. There's some pretty neat old DeSoto cars out there, Um, but uh, from there, I worked at a, a dealership in high school uh uh partially through high school and then in college and so i'm I'm a little familiar with that side of it i think part of it is going back and just my background as far as being a small business owner uh i I know how how businesses run of course our industry is made up of small businesses for the most part Uh, you know there are large businesses out there but uh, by and large they're they're mostly uh, you know what we would call mom-and-pop shops Uh, So, that along with my background as a CPA and then the work that I've done in finance uh, kind of uh, set me up for this. Uh, You know, also spent 12 years in the legislature, and that's where I became uh, familiar with TIADA and uh, how they work. I have you know, helped them with bills, uh, attended their conference in the past. And so I'm f- familiar uh, with the organization from that side. Uh, and then also in my trade association, um, I actually went up, became a board member, went up through the ranks. And uh, uh, you know, uh, my, my last step was uh, chairman of the board and our, had a printing association here in Texas we ended up having, well, I guess, probably at that time, about a thousand members in, in several different states. And so it was, a, you know, uh, somewhat similar to TI ADA in scope. And so it's kind of a broad uh, experience or group of experiences that come together and, uh, uh, you know, got yeah. me to this position.
2: John, that is, a, that is a rare recipe that you mentioned there. You've got accounting background. You've got small business experience. You've got legislative experience. And you've got trade associate experience like that is sometimes when you see executive directors, they have one of a couple. Right. Like, yeah, well, right. I know the law side or I know the legislative side, but I'm not really good at running a small business or I don't know the pains of this side or the other. Or I don't understand the numbers like that's a That's a pretty good covering you've got there from your
1: history. That's a That's a great resume. And, and John, I would want to know, you know, being in the legislation, in, legislature in Texas, um, what. Did you learn there that really, you know, prepared you to be an executive director of an association?
0: Well, uh, basically how the legislature works. So I started in March. Of course, we were, uh, you know, pretty deep in the legislative session at that point, And it was just full speed going on. So I, I knew how things work, how things uh, didn't work. If you didn't want them to work, what you could do. If you wanted to kill something, what to do. Uh, you know, I was in the battlefield down in the trenches there for 12 years, and, and, and so I know a lot about how that works. I know people that are in the legislature, you know, both the House and the Senate. They're my friends. They're folks that, uh, uh, you know, I worked alongside with for a number of years, so there's, we've got some great relationships uh, uh, you know, the, the few times I was over at the Capitol, we would literally, you know, it'd be like, Fula, what are you up to? It's good to see you. That type of stuff. Not who is this guy with this association or what are they wanting? I mean, it was like they, they wanted to talk about what I'm doing, what are your kids doing, that type of stuff. And so, you know, it, it's a neat deal. And uh, so from that perspective, it was a lot of fun. And, and that got me ready for how that worked, and and of course, as you know, the legislature and the laws that are enacted uh, have a huge influence on what we can do, can't do, how we do it, costs that we incur, things that people can do to us, and, and so it's you know just critical that we know and are a part and are at the table, and those things are being discussed, and yeah, you know, we work.
2: So so give us that insight, John, then from your side, you've been on both sides. How are dealers supposed to stay informed about that kind of stuff? Like, obviously, being involved in the association is, uh, you know, kind of the obvious answer. But are there any other tips or advice you would give for dealers in this situation?
0: Well, well I, th- I think, you know, that, that's uh, I don't want to act like it's self-promoting or something, but TIADA, as you know, is, is a great organization. They work hard. They're doing a lot of things for a lot of people that don't even know what's happening. They, uh, uh, you know, are getting the benefits of uh, items that we're working on, discussions that we're having. The things that I would say is, first off, be a member of TIADA, because what that does is it when the legislature gets going, it gives us power to go and talk to either those House members, the Senate members, 28 Senate members, 150 House members. When you walk into their office and you live in the same town or you're in their district, they they. They uh, want to meet you. They want to understand what, you know, effect these items are going to have uh, for or against your business. And so that's critical. The way the association reaches out is we have an email blast on the first and third Thursday, we get information out that way. We have a great magazine, a dealer magazine that goes out both digitally and in hard copy. Uh, we've got the conference that's coming up; that's kind of occupying all of our time right now. I, I think one of the the, the best conference for uh, automobile dealers, uh, you know, in the independent auto industry that is out there, and it's right here in Texas. Uh, you know, just a super top shelf uh, event a great resort. Uh, you know, at times when we need help, we'll call up members or uh, we'll, we'll call up our members. We'll also uh, reach out with emails saying, hey, go talk to these people. Here's what's going on. Let them know how this is going to affect your business, a small business in their district. And, uh, uh, you know, that's what I do. So I said, pay attention to the stuff we said. Say, look at our blogs, go to the website. We've got a great website. If you have questions, go ahead and look at uh, what we have on the website. Call us up. If you remember, we add, we do that sort of stuff. We will work with you. So there's so many different things to stay well, on.
1: Go ahead, Lee. And, and also, you have a podcast that, that people can listen to, dealers can listen to. As <laughs> Absolute <as well. laughs> top shelf podcast. Exactly. No. But, uh, also, though, um, you were in the legislature for 12 years. Do you do you remember some instances where dealers reached out to you on some laws that were that were trying to get pushed through that that really, you know, made you think more about what was going on in the auto industry? Sure. No, it does. You
0: reach out with that. I I know a number of dealers. uh, I was uh, out of Lubbock, based in Lubbock. And that's where the district, District 84, is located primarily. Uh, So I I got to know dealers up there, Uh, of course, uh, our our great members, uh, you know, Paul Scott, he's uh, also now on the DMV board. He was up there, learned about his business, the, the industry. Uh, You know, just just you meet those people, you understand what's working, how they're helping people, you know, our, our deal isn't necessarily getting somebody a car. We want them to have transportation so they can go to that job, so they can go to the grocery store. Uh, you know, Texas isn't like living in downtown New York where, you know, everything you needs within three blocks It's just maybe 10 stories, 20 stories up. You know, you may have to drive 15, 20 minutes to get to the grocery store, to your church, whatever it is. We, we need transportation and we provide great transportation.
2: Yeah. So you said a really great thing there about being involved early or being involved dealers, you know, to get involved early in the in a legislator's career, right? So your local guys, when you start supporting them and you show up to the rallies and maybe you make donations. And I think that helps a lot more than just trying to come in at the last minute and try to get your legislators attention or your senator. you know, try to get their attention at the last minute on a bill you don't like. So <laughs> I, I like how you said that, like getting to know them early when you can actually get their attention and then supporting them as they, you know, go throughout their careers.
0: Well, it's like anything, building a relationship. And that's what we're doing. You're building that relationship. You get to know them when they come up to you, you're not wondering, what is this person wanting? Why do they want me? Also is, uh, you know, as a legislative session in Texas starts it's kind of slow and you're wondering what's going on is anything ever going to get done and then it just kind of crescendos and at the end especially like the last 60 days it is crazy and you can't even get in to see them so you know at least if somebody is sending them a text and they know oh okay this is a yeah I know Billy oh, wow, I didn't realize this was going to affect Billy this way. I, I need to look at this rather than, well, I'm hearing from all these people that are telling me how good it is. Well, here's a guy that I know, and he's saying it's not good. And, you know, it makes you look at things. And, and I think that that's what's important is building that building those relationships. Indepac is another. Uh, we have a great pack that we provide money to uh. Uh, legislators that are friendly to our industry. We want to keep them there. We don't want them to be displaced by somebody else. And so it's important for us to be able to help them stay in
1: office. And that's what we do. Yeah, that's, uh, I tell you, TIADA is really, really a great association. You know, there's uh, it's the cream of the crop when it comes to the the associations for dealers in the the U.S. Um, Y'all have had a lot of activities and events so far this year. Can you talk um, about what y'all have done for dealers so far this year, and what's planned for the, for the rest of the year with the IADA?
0: Well, I think part of it is, of course, that right, right now we're focused on the conference coming up. Uh, you know, one of the biggest conferences of its uh, type in the country, great reputation. Uh, to give you an example, our expo booths were sold out months ago. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's good and it's bad when people come up and they would come up to me as soon as I started. Hey, John, I need to get a booth. And I'm going, OK, well, we can get you signed up for 2024. No, <laughs> no, 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 this year. And it's like, we can't do it. We don't have any booths available. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's just, I think there is that. We've been doing town halls. Uh, getting out, uh, went to a town hall in Austin, right about the time I was starting, had one uh, back in Lubbock. I, ironically it was scheduled. Um, so, uh, and then we just did one at the uh, Mannheim auction in San Antonio, real good turnout there, probably over 50 people and uh, talking about bringing information to them on uh, some of the legislation that's happened uh, had uh, the tax assessor arrestee out there, he did a great uh, synopsis of what was going on. Uh, so again, it's just getting involved. Uh, the uh, FTC course that everybody's required to have. We uh, went and spent our money developing an online course. It's just gone gone gangbusters. It is easy to use, has had great reviews. And I guess one, one plug I'd put in is if people that haven't done that yet, still sign up take the course there's a lot of reasons why just because that date is passed if you haven't done it you need to do it so I think you know there, there, again there's just a lot of different things that we do. Uh, going forward, we're going to have more town halls. We're going to get out there and visit people. Me is in my new role. I want to get out and meet dealers. You know, I mean, the guys that we have are the salt of the earth folks out there. Yeah, They're they're involved with the baseball teams. They're family folks. They're involved in their churches. their small businesses. They're, they're the community folks. It's just, you know, they're neat folks.
1: Yeah, yeah I, the, the FTC safeguards that y'all put together, that course was great. Our whole staff did it. Uh, so it's not specific to Texas. Everybody yeah. can take it. It's really good. Um, yeah. Let's, John, let's give the
2: listeners yeah. some meat and potatoes here. If you're a Texas dealer, I want to go through some of the legislation that you guys have either helped get through or block that was bad for dealers. Okay, Because I want to tell kind of, hey, this is what you guys are working on. This is the power of the association. <laughs> so talk to us first about this crusher bill that I, I think you'd mentioned, or, or it's been proposed before, and you guys are continually having to shoot this thing down because it's bad for dealers. Give us a brief a brief recap of what it was and, and why you guys are crucial in it.
0: Well, what the crusher bill is, and let me take a step back. So when uh, when you have legislation that's filed, it's usually good for somebody and bad for somebody else. Um, sometimes overall, it's a lot better to have it. And sometimes we're not so sure that, you know, depending on where we're at, where it is. The system of making laws is designed so that bills don't pass. That's kind of, it's hard to get a bill to pass. Um, in the past, this crusher bill does exactly what it says. It crushes cars. It takes the cars that our folks are selling or independent auto dealers and people, they get behind the payments for whatever reason. Somebody takes the car. Other states have real problems with this, where they basically just grab the car, they take it off to one of these places that crush it, and then they get a couple hundred bucks. Well, meantime, uh, you know, we may have loans, our dealers, our members may have loans for several thousand dollars on those cars, and they can't get it. And uh, so what happened was they were trying to set, they, we had an agreed upon terms, and uh, this particular year, uh, it was on the Senate side, right before we were supposed to have a bill filing. a matter of fact, it was on the night before, uh, basically late afternoon, we found out that they, were, they said, no, your agreed upon terms are gone, we're going back to the original bill, which we didn't agree on. We called up some of our members. We had two of them that literally got in the car that night from Houston, drove to Austin to be here the next morning to testify against the bill. Hmm. Um, You know, we we, we went through that. We had other people. We, uh, as an association, testified against the bill, and that was on the Senate side. It ended up not going anywhere. It didn't even get brought up to a vote. Hmm. On the House side, it was also um, brought up, we heard testimony, TIA, DA put together that testimony and fought a huge industry, the auto recyclers, the the metal recyclers, and uh, ended up not that neither in neither the House or the Senate was that bill brought up for a vote, and it died. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's where we wanted it to be. So that was one of the situations where we Last minute had to completely change what we were doing. Be Mm -hmm. proactive. We were making calls all over the state, getting people here, and ended up, you know, in essence, killing that bill. Well, the
1: second, um, yeah, the second one we want to talk about is the temporary tag bill. What is that? What is that? And what's going on with that in the uh, in the committees and all that good (laughs) stuff.
0: That uh, you asked earlier, uh, Luke, about what we're going to be doing for the rest of this year. That's (laughs) one of the items we're going to be doing for the rest of this year and a lot of next year. And that is, they're getting rid uh, the state, is getting rid of the paper tags. Hmm. So Texas will no longer uh, issue paper tags. We'll have metal plates. You get the metal plates that you have on your, you know, if it's a uh, pre-owned car you'll use those old plates or you know you can uh get new car you, you you will get plates but there will no longer be paper plates and there's a bunch of other items that we're getting in there you know that are going to be changed part of it's going on web dealer um you know it's uh, it, it's going to have major changes and all of this is in response to the fraud that was occurring Where a lot of people were just out there, they would go sign up as if they were a dealer, and over a weekend issue twenty, thirty thousand dollars or twenty, thirty thousand temporary tags to people all over the country. Holy cow! Yeah, so they could drive cars. Um, Interesting fact is when we were again testifying um, on this bill, uh, House Bill Seven Eighteen, we were talking about. Uh, And and DMV did a great job of putting procedures in place to stop that. They changed things, things like fingerprinting, limiting the number that people could uh, uh, originate. But in the uh, comparing quarter, uh, the first three months, uh, year over year, we saw $500,000 or $500,000 uh, quantity reduction in the number of paper plates that were issued. So it went from 1.5 million down to 1 million, and so it <laughs> wow. kind of shows you the idea and the scope of the, the fraudulent phony. activity that was going a on, third, so on. A third, a yeah. third of
2: temp tags issued were wow, wow, roughly.
0: Now some of that could have been economic, uh, but still, that's a huge yeah. number. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: group. that's crazy. So, uh, so our next one is the the elimination of safety inspection. That's something they've done in my state a couple of years ago. What's going on with they, that they, in Texas? Yeah.
1: They did that in South Carolina about 30 years ago. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they they got rid of the the
0: stickers a while back. We didn't have to have a sticker. And then this year they got rid of the safety inspection. So it's it's no longer required on, you know, just the, the normal old cars. Um, so it's a uh, people are excited about that. You know, they uh, what's the one thing? Your license plates run out. And, and most of us keep our cars safe and running and, uh, you know, we make sure that they work. We, I mean, I don't want to drive in a car that the brakes don't work and uh, you don't want me out on the road with one like that or that the tires are wore out. So, so they, they, they check for that. And, uh, of course it, it, it's gone now. So I think that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I think
2: the yeah. stance was it's good to get rid of it.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it, it seems like, uh, Years ago, there was a real need for safety inspections. I don't think it's as as much anymore, but uh, I could go either way on that bill.
2: I would love for them to bring it back in my state, to be honest with you. All my cars met the safety inspection standard regardless. Now the problem is all my trade-ins are yeah. just blown out you yeah. know nobody's making them put ball joints on it they ain't gonna do it
1: so yeah. so, so john the, the, sword. yeah the, the last uh last one we have here is the thompson bill can you explain that to us a little bit and uh it, i really like what y'all did here it's really nice
0: sure yeah ed thompson of course who's been a great uh, uh you know friend of the industry and uh, you know personally ed is uh, representative thompson's just a super guy he's a uh uh, you know, sports uh, referee, and uh, just just a you know top shelf person has uh, done a number of things for TIADA over the years. This year, we actually went to him with this particular bill and said, "Hey, our dealers are owning you know they have cars, they have cars that have loans on them, the debt that's outstanding. They get in an accident, the insurance company will write a check to." The, the person that, that you know that is registered as the owner of the car and not include our dealers on the uh, on that check. So if the person goes and cashes the check and decides not to put that money into the car, but say maybe go buy a new car from somebody else, our dealers are stuck with a car that's not worth much that has a lot of damage. And in the past, we were able to sue that insurance company, but only up uh, uh, for the amount of the check. And then the fees for the suit and the court costs sure. and uh, associated fees, we could not get back. And so in a lot of cases, if you're trying to get $2,000, it's going to cost you $2,000 to fight it. You don't bother doing it or even a thousand. You don't know if you're going to win. You don't do it. Now we can actually get the amount of the check plus the fees that are uh Hmm. Use and everybody thought that was a good idea. Uh, Ed did a great job on it, and uh, you know it's just just the right thing to do. The insurance companies all they have to do is include a they check. Got to, they didn't want to bother doing that. They just got a yeah, check.
1: That's it's it's <laughs> it, that that goes on in every state, and Common I love sense. this. Yeah, I love this. It's it's so easy for the insurance company to do this way. It puts a little bite into it if they don't do it this way. You know what? Uh, we're coming to the end here and it's the best thing to talk about because I, I've i been to the TIADA uh, convention conference for the last two years. I will not be able to make it this year. I'm very sad. But y'all do a wonderful job, John. And, you know, what's going on? What's different this year? I know it's in a different spot compared to last year's. Just talk a little bit about that. Let's get more dealers there. Y'all need to come see this thing. It's it's a really great conference. We have... uh Uh,
0: folks that are there from regulatory industry or regulatory agencies. So dealers can talk to them if they want. Uh, The the thing I want to do is take a step back and say it's at the JW Marriott Resort and Spa uh, outside of San Antonio. Beautiful place. They've got the Lazy River, the swimming pool, the golf course, just a lot of neat things to do. Of course, San Antonio is not that far away if you want to go down to the Riverwalk. Uh, Just a, uh, again, a top shelf uh, event, uh, great classes, great education sessions, uh, top speakers there, an expo that is just unreal. As I mentioned earlier, it, it was sold out several months ago. We'll have the latest technology, finance, whatever it takes to run your business The folks that'll be there to talk about it, and it's a neat way to get back and meet everybody that you've uh, maybe haven't seen since the last convention, Uh, and meet new friends, talk to people, run things by them. So it's just, and it's uh, in a kind of a, a fun atmosphere. Yeah, and this is this happens
2: July 22nd. We haven't mentioned the date yet, so this is very time sensitive, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you've only got a couple of days to jump on, scramble, get your tickets book a hotel. If you can't get into the JW, there's a ton of other options in the area. So don't let that deter you. And and even if you're not a Texas dealer, you could still come to this and you learn a lot. The times I'm attended, uh, I mean, it's not Texas specific, it's industry specific. So you learn you know, regardless of where you're at.
1: Yeah, we uh there's always been probably 20 different states represented, it seems like, Jeff, when we've gone. And it's so great. Now, I see that you're having an emphasis on the on the Texas pack. Uh, we talked about it out earlier. Please explain to people why it's important for these people, uh, for dealers to, to, you know, contribute to the pack. Sure.
0: Well, first off, what we do is we have a neat auction there, a really fun auction. We have fishing trips, hunting trips, a day at the spa. You know, if uh, the two of you want to get together and go have a good spa time. always <laughs> do. We always do. Uh, we always not, do. If, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you could bid on that package, but uh, uh, you know seriously, just, just a lot of fun things going on there. And what we do is again, we use that money to get the uh, to give to the folks that are friendly to our industry that are good to us, that uh, understand our industry and we want to keep in office. It's uh, again, having been a legislator for over 12 years, it is expensive to stay in office and it takes a lot of money. And not only do we have to do advertising, but when, uh, you know, there's a table at the local uh, uh you know, event in town that they want somebody to buy, they come to us. If they're having some type of uh, an organization that wants money or donation, they come to us, the legislative uh, officials. And so we, we, we have to get money to do those sorts of activities, plus let people know what's going on, communicate with the constituents. And that money that we raise for those auctions, it's all tracked by the state, Goes into our pack into pack, and then we write checks uh, to the legislators, and then, of course that money is recorded on the TEC website. So it, it's just another way to help us get in front and keep uh, uh, folks that uh, you know are, are friendly and understand our industry
1: uh, in office. Yeah. Yeah. If if you are not if you're a Texas dealer and you're not signed up, go to the TIDA website. Sign up immediately go, even if you just go for a day, I promise you, you will get every bit of money's worth out of it. Right, Jeff?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And John, Texas is in good hands with you. I can tell it's been so great to meet you. Fun to see you at convention a couple of weeks ago down in Vegas too. And thank you so much for your time. Hopefully everyone listening has learned a lot from this and and gotten a little more motivated to be involved, you know, get out there, get uh, of course, it's it's not even like you have to tell Texas dealers that, right? I mean, you guys have just got the strongest association, the most involved dealers. It's awesome. Yep.
0: Well, it, it pays dividends. It's just, it's kind of synergistic and people get together and, uh, you know, our board is just super. I can't say enough good things about our board. They can't, you know, they will do just tons of things to make sure the organization works and uh is effective and, and so it's just a fun group of guys to be with and you know we have day passes available or for the whole time plus you'll have a super time i mean just a fun place to be
1: i think that says enough jeff awesome john thanks so much yeah, thank you
0: thanks for joining us today be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend the independent dealer podcast dealers helping
2: dealers